the intermittent fasting revolution, understanding the science and techniques of scheduling meals for weight loss and health. I'm Natalie Tisdall, a journalist who decided enough is enough. I left a career that looked glamorous to do what I was scared of doing, going out on my own. I'm a married working mom of three. On this podcast, we're going to talk about issues that really matter. Why am I not sleeping? What's up with that diet everyone's talking about? Are my kids falling behind? How do I leave that job and start over? Welcome to the Natalie Tisdall Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. It's Natalie. Does it seem like everyone is talking about intermittent fasting today? We're going to talk about what intermittent fasting is, how it works, and how it can help you achieve your health and weight loss goals. My guest today is Andres Ayesta. He has spent the last 10 years studying and learning about nutrition and the art of connecting education with application. Andres has a bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics, a master's degree in exercise science and sports nutrition, and also he's a certified strength and conditioning coach and a registered dietitian. Yep, he knows it all. Today, we're going to talk about, again, what it is, what is intermittent fasting, also what it's not, and how to start if you're looking to try this as a way to get healthy. Most importantly, you're going to walk away today with actionable tips to improve your health and your overall well-being. I'm so glad you're here today. Grab a notebook or head out on that walk while you listen, and let's get started. Andres, thank you for being with me today. This is a topic a lot of my listeners want more information on, and I think it's important we dive deep and explain, but also just talk about the benefits of intermittent fasting. Absolutely. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for having me. Definitely a topic near and dear to my heart. I did my thesis on this, so I love talking about it. So let's talk first about what is and what it isn't. And I think that would be a really good place to to start because I like to create definitions first for things, specifically nutrition. So intermittent fasting is not a diet. Let's start with what it's not. And I think many people right now feel it is a dietary or like a diet program that they had to join in. And in reality, intermittent fasting, is just a, I call it a meal schedule. It's essentially adjusting time frames in which you're consuming food and fasting from, you know, the word for, you know, you may have heard about fasting whenever you have to go get some blood work, right? Because they ask you to fast and fasting is nothing more but abstaining from consuming food. And actually mm -hmm. the scientific term is like for at least six hours. Hmm. So we all fast, we all intermittent fast every single day. Right. I think the term came about or started to become popular when now we were extending that window of time where the most typical approach now with intermittent fasting is, is people fast between nine o'clock and they skip breakfast and they go back to eat around one o'clock. So intermittent fasting, again, it's not a diet. It's more of a meal schedule. And that's essentially the way I like to define it. So people really understand the differences between it. Why do I not really call it a diet? Because you can follow a vegan lifestyle and you can still practice intermittent fasting. Mm. You can follow a balanced approach to nutrition and you can practice intermittent fasting. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's essentially not a, a dietary like type of method. It's just essentially a schedule where you can plug a lot of different things in there, regardless of really what you're trying. To yeah. Do. So, so less of what you consume and more about when you consume it. Correct. 
right? And, and intermittent fasting has many different methodologies or different types of uh, ways to do it. And I think this is obviously where now many people like typically opt in and there's like books like written into that and like, okay, there's different kinds of methods. You can do this or that. I'm going to basically talk about the most common ones that it's what most people typically would find on the internet when they type in Google intermittent fasting, because IF or intermittent fasting, it's something, it's, it's a very common topic. It's actually, when you look into Google's rankings of diets and th different things like that, that people search, intermittent fasting is way up there. So there's a couple different approaches that many people really focus on, which is one is a 16-8 approach, which is essentially 16 hours of fast and eight hours of what we call a fitting a feeding window, which is a time you actually consume foods. This is the one I mentioned earlier, where you typically stop eating around nine o'clock or and then you really start eating around one o'clock in the afternoon. So you skip your breakfast and there's no really rules around what times or what time frames are important. It's just essentially like you create a 16 hour fast. You can totally so do what it. What does that look like for you or most people? You stop eating after dinner? Yeah, and then that would be correct. So, so for example, yeah. you will stop eating around, let's say your dinner, it's like eight o'clock. So what time do you typically finish the, with dinner or the last meal you would normally have? Say, depending on kids' schedules, that's the hard part. You know, you got basketball one night, not another night. So <laughs> I would say on average, 637 at night would be the completion of dinner. Correct. So let's say, for example, for you, that would be that. So your actual next meal following this methodology or following this type of system would be probably around 11.30 or 12 o'clock. So maybe around lunchtime and you're creating a window of time in which there's no really food that is consumed. And that's kind of, that's like the, that typical type of approach. Maybe people eat a little bit later or different things like that. Now, one of the things that a lot of times happen in fasting is many people get confused. And, and I guess maybe what I love to kind of explain to people is the reasoning why people do fasting before we, we get into explaining different types and different yeah, things, please. because I think we need to address like what most people typically do it, which what would take, what would be your guess why most people actually would follow intermittent fasting? There's two reasons. Why? What do you think would be the I would say the, the biggest reason that I hear people doing it is for weight loss. Yep. That would be correct. Yeah. And the second one would be for health purposes. Okay. And I think the, the the purpose or the reason or the intention behind what you want what you want to do it is extremely important. So because depending on what it is, like there like the intention again, it's it's extremely like fundamental to understand like how it would actually work would work for you. Most people find it and when search when they search for imminent fasting, it's specifically for weight loss. And for health purposes, there's all the kinds of benefits that I'm going to get into. But the true reality is that intermittent fasting is nothing magic that creates weight loss. It's just, let, let me put you a, here an example. If you cut out your breakfast, right, that is obviously a certain amount of calories you're consuming, and you now completely remove it, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to create something called a deficit of calories. Mm -hmm. You're consuming less calories than your body is requiring, particularly when you're comparing yourself to last week when you were consuming 500, 400, maybe 300 calorie breakfast, and now you're not doing it. So when you remove that, it was not the fasting itself that created that. It was just mm -hmm. simply the reduction in calories. Mm -hmm. And this is what I tell all my clients inside of our program when they tell me, hey, I want to practice intermittent fasting. Because I asked him why. It's like, well, because I heard so-and-so told me that they lost a lot more weight doing this. It's like, okay, let's look at their lifestyle compared to yours. Because if you control 
how many calories you're consuming on a daily basis, still eating your breakfast, maybe because you love breakfast, still eating your lunch and still eating your dinner and not necessarily creating this rule of 16 hours of fasting that you really need to have. You can still create the same condition to be able to accomplish that. And this has even been shown in research where they compared two groups of people and they say, for example, you're in one group and I'm in another group. And in your group, you're told you cannot eat until 12 and you're going to only allow to be eating until eight o'clock. That is what it's called a time-restricted feeding. So mm -hmm. intermittent fasting per se. In my group, they're going to tell me, no, you can eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You guys are going to eat exactly the same amount of calories. And, and a lot of these studies, guess what they found? Like they both can lose the same amount of weight, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not the fasting that created the change. It was just the restriction and the calories that created it. And many people sometimes that start this process, they literally just have lifestyles. Like, for example, like a typical Western American diet, like the, some, mm -hmm. the person that works in an office. I think you were a TV anchor at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm sure your schedule was kind of crazy. But you would like we do a lot of stuff on the go. It's like you would grab a coffee, maybe a bagel or something in Starbucks. Or in, oh, in I was eating like, at three o'clock in the morning because that's that's before my my shift. Before your shift. Right. Yeah. So, of course, when you remove that because you have in your mind this like, OK, I need to fast. In your lifestyle specifically, you already created the condition required for weight loss versus, for example, what I think many people experience and sometimes happen when they're struggling with weight is we eat way too often. Mm. Right now we're in the middle. I don't know when this is re releasing, but we're right in the middle of the holidays at the time of recording. So, yeah. I mean, what is it? What was it like when you were in the studio? People bring stuff, right? Like, oh, yeah, all the time. Every two hours. So that's a, a lot of times we're consuming more calories than what we need in our body, yeah. like for at least for maintaining or for at least even for losing weight. And that creates yeah. the conditions for that. So intermittent yeah. fasting, they create their strategies that can help you manage that in a better way. Does that but make sense? I, I remember a time, and I'm sure if you did your thesis on this and, and you've studied all of this, where it was popular that the recommendation was eat every three hours to maintain enough energy. And that was when this first intermittent fasting thing became big, maybe five years ago, even probably for you, even before then, I remember people saying, that sounds so dumb. We're supposed to eat every few hours to maintain our energy. So why in the last decade has this become such a big thing? Yeah, I, this is literally one of the main reasons why I actually decided to study this. Because like you and in school, we were told like you we need to be consuming meals every two to three hours little to, meals every two to three hours little meals right and right. there's like different schools of, schools of thought some of the people would say because it's going to speed up your metabolism i'm gonna put like my air quotes in here because mm -hmm. the truth is that that doesn't really create that and i can get into that but other like more what we learn in school is like just to manage and control your blood sugar levels right mm. because like the more that you kind of keep that blood sugar line like more yeah. steady the better was actually going to be for managing your hunger levels and what, that's one of the reasons, obviously, why we did it. Now, my thought process in this, it's a very personal uh, choice. So, for example, if you ask me, I'm a person that really likes to eat bigger meals rather than being mm. snacking multiple times a day. Mm. My wife, for example, is different because she likes to snack. She likes to have smaller meals because she doesn't have a big appetite, but she gets hungrier faster. So for her lifestyle and for her preference, eating more often, it's better for her. Right. So the, the, the key here is that there's no right or wrong answer when it comes down to, yes, you need to be eating every three hours or so, because like I said, it doesn't speed up your metabolism just because you eat more often. It doesn't actually create that. 
this came from this idea that the more we eat, the more calories our bodies are using to, to burn all that food that you're consuming. And the truth is that that is a very minimal and, and almost like super, super insignificant amount. And it doesn't really make as much of a difference as anything else. What research has shown re like lately is that what matters the most is how much you consume at the end of the day, right? As a, as a sum of everything and not necessarily how often you distribute it. Now, that's not going to say, I'm not here to say though, that it's completely unimportant. And then obviously eating and creating obviously sort of a schedule is still something and creates consistency around what your nutrition is going to be like. But that's actually what got me interested into that because no, you don't have to eat every three hours unless it's actually your preference. And it's and unless it's something that you prefer and that you like. And that's the main thing around that. So does your wife do intermittent fasting or she doesn't because she eats little no, meals? No, she doesn't. More often. Well, right now she doesn't because she's pregnant. So we're expecting our first ah, child. So um, there's a big, yeah. thank you. Yeah. And there's a big, obviously reason for that because particularly in women, I guess like a, yeah. a big question many people ask is like, who is this for and who this is not for, mm. right? I always ask the question, okay, like as a dietitian and inside of our programs and with our clients, the first question we ever, we always ask is what do you want to accomplish and why is this important to you and why do you want to accomplish it? And mm. we need to understand where people are at in that moment. So in the yeah. case of my wife, she's pregnant, right? Her calorie and her nutritional needs are going to be different than what she wasn't. So we need to make sure that we're supporting the growth of a baby in her womb. So, yeah. so for her, like she doesn't really need to be thinking on restriction. So intermittent fasting may create that restrictive mindset because mm. you're just cutting out a ton of the calories, right? So for example, for pregnancy, intermittent fasting is not something not I would good. recommend as a registered okay. dietitian. Now, maybe you'll take a, my wife in a different season, or maybe somebody that is just like looking to explore and to experiment with something, which is why I practice intermittent fasting for like a year. I don't do it now, disclaimer, right? But I just simply use it as a tool because, well, <clears throat> one, I wanted to cut out a little bit more calories. And to me, I was more focused in the morning. I was just more like, okay, I work better. I'm a morning person. And I felt like sometimes like prepare the preparation of breakfast and all those different things like that really disrupted my flow in the morning. So many people usually tell me that it's like, I don't really have been too hungry in the morning and different things like that. It's like, okay, so maybe intermittent fasting may be an approach that fits into your lifestyle. And maybe that may be like the right approach for you. So that is something that a lot of times I explain. Now, a lot of people, what happens is they're so used to just being on the go, they skip breakfast, but what mm -hmm. happens is they try to like backload a lot of the calories that they not consume during the day at night. I don't know if it's ever happened to you when sometimes mm -hmm. you go an entire day and you're so busy, kids and all those different things, and you forget to eat. And then you come in at night and it's kind of like all the alarms, the hunger alarms in your body are going crazy. And they're mm -hmm. saying like, hey, Natalie, like you have not given me any food. I'm just here to remind you because you were so busy. Now it's time for you to give me all the things you have not given me. Yeah. And then this is where like a physiological need gets connected with an emotional response. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're tired, right? So you're not really thinking of making like this perfectly crafted balanced meal. You're exhausted. You're not thinking clearly. And then the emotion hits where your body has a need, but then wow, that piece of chocolate sounds really good uh -huh. or this other thing, or maybe takeout sounds better. So a lot of times we're not making decisions good at night. And some uh -huh. people really like look at intermittent fasting and like, uh -huh. oh, this is like perfect for me. But in reality, well, let's look at your lifestyle to see what is it that you're doing at night? Uh -huh. So that's a lot of the times, like a lot of the conversation that I need to have when I'm trying to direct somebody to say, maybe you need to do this or maybe, maybe you shouldn't really be doing it. 
everyone. It's Natalie. I am excited to let you know that I'm opening up spaces for collaboration and advertising and sponsorship on this podcast and on my YouTube channel. If you're a brand looking to grow in the wellness, family, or mindfulness spaces, I would love to collaborate with you. You can find a link to get in touch with me in the show notes, and you can always find out more about what I'm up to on natalietisdall.com. So what is it people talk about with intermittent fasting of just mental clarity? They just feel better when they yeah. have fasted. And, you know, for me, and I, I have tried it in spurts. Maybe I haven't given it enough time, but for me, I, I'm just starving. Like, do you get past that feeling and then you have mental clarity? Because I don't like feeling hungry. <laughs> of course, you're feeling hungry. I think it, it, yeah, there's a couple different things to to consider there. Number one, the mental clarity a lot of times comes from the fact that whenever you have restricted calories, you're not necessarily, let's say, for example, you consume a food that has a higher content or moderate content of carbohydrates, right? Carbohydrate is a type of macronutrient. When you mm -hmm. consume it, I'm just going to give an example. Let's say a bagel, right? Mm -hmm. So you consume mm -hmm. a bagel, your blood sugar rises up. That's not a bad thing, right? It's just normal response to your body. So it rises up but eventually it's going to come down. So when you when it comes down, your blood sugar tends to dip a little bit, and then that's usually when your energy dips a little bit, you have a little more anxiety. So of course, mental clarity is not there because your body's like, okay, now we need more, and then we need to kind of give some more extra food, and then it comes gonna come down again. So those big massive excursions of your blood sugar, depending on the quality of the food you're consuming, particularly what People consume a lot of processed food, a lot of like very low fiber foods as well. It's like this up and down. Then of course, like it creates that environment. So when you remove a lot of the con consumption of food, your blood sugar typically is maintained. It doesn't mm -hmm. go low because your body's really good at maintaining even in the absence of food for a very long time. So it's just a very straight line. So that mental clarity comes from not having these like big ups mm -hmm. and downs that you experience throughout the day. Now to your point, like, but what happens, I'm super hungry all the time. And I think you mentioned it, you probably didn't do it long enough because your body didn't really have enough time to adjust. Right now, I eat breakfast. If I started fasting, I do feel it in my body, right? Because my body's, it's accustomed. Your body has an internal biological clock. And mm -hmm. whenever you're not giving it what it needs at the time that it's used to getting it, you're going to feel that. You're going mm -hmm. to feel like the stomach starts to kind of rumble and then you start to feel maybe a bit of those mood swings. Mm -hmm. Eventually, if you do it long enough, your body adjusts to it and it's already used to not feeling the need of a breakfast in the morning. And then you start to feel hungry more around noon. And I always say to people, hunger a lot of times comes in waves. Back to mm -hmm. the point that I mentioned, that day that you were so busy taking care of kids and doing all the different things like that and you skip a lot of the meals, you didn't even think about hunger. Maybe you got hungry at some point, but you mm -hmm. got so busy and you were so distracted that the hunger went away. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of the times like we, we sometimes confuse that we feel like when we're hungry, like, no, I need to eat immediately. And I think it's important to honor your own hunger cues because it really gets connected to your own physiology. But at the same yeah. time, not eating at the moment of hunger, it's not going to meet, make, make or break anything yeah. in the process. So I'd love for you to give some advice to those listening, thinking maybe I need to try this. Maybe this is something I want to do, but I want to do it correctly. 
how would you set them up for success in getting started with intermittent fasting? Yeah, we can actually maybe create some tips or steps to follow. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe the first thing I would say, and this is actually the same thing I do when uh, clients inside of our, our, our nutrient and nutrition blueprint program, which is I ask them, why do you want to do it? So ask yourself, mm -hmm. why do I want to do intermittent fasting? What's the purpose? Mm -hmm. What's the intention? I really want to lose weight, okay? Or I want to actually improve my health. We didn't, mm -hmm. haven't really covered too much health, but you know, okay, like, so we know, let's say, for example, I want to lose weight. Is that the only reason, is that the only way that you have available to lose weight? Let's just say, for example, you know what, I want to experiment with something new. Great. We made the decision you're going to be embarking on an intermittent fasting method, and you're just simply going to use it as a strategy for you to maybe potentially lose weight or even for health, whatever may be the reason. Okay, perfect. So what's the first like, stages that you need to do? First, you need to understand what's your baseline? What are you currently doing right now? So one of the uh, advice that I really give a ton of people is keep like a journal of what you're doing on a mm -hmm. daily basis, right? So for example, like take a day and write down what you're doing for breakfast, what you're doing for dinner, what you're doing for lunch, what snacks that you're taking. Just the fact of doing that alone is gonna give you a really good snapshot of what's going on right now. And say, okay, so if I'm gonna do intermittent fasting, I need to cut out this meal, right? This goes now for the third step, which is, are you actually getting quality of nutrition in the rest of the day that you are consuming? Because here's something that happens to many people. They just simply eliminate the meal in the morning and maybe that was their most nutritious meal. Mm. And the rest of the day, it's not crap. Good. They're not necessarily yeah. consuming higher quality nutrition. So this is why it's important to audit what you're currently doing. Yeah. One of the things that I realized for me is I was not consuming enough protein. And believe it or not, one of the, the, the caveats and the things that happen when intermittent fasting for doing it for too long is you actually risk losing muscle mass. And for men and women, I always tell you need to treat muscle mass like it's diamonds. Like it's so precious and you yeah. need to maintain it and keep it up. So that's another big important tip, which is consuming enough protein, right? Mm. Protein comes from different sources, whether they're animal-based or plant-based. So prioritizing the amount of protein you're consuming on a daily basis in your, like say for example, you're doing the 16-8 and you're skipping your breakfast and your the first meal is your lunch. You need to maybe increase the portions of your protein. So whether it is maybe you're consuming chicken or maybe fish or maybe some legume if you're plant-based or more vegetarian increasing those protein amounts because you're going to need a higher level and then maybe for dinner the same way, right? So you're going to have to probably consume a little bit extra food to make sure that you're meeting your body's nutritional needs as well. The other tip I would give, well, the, another step to follow is do not fall to extremes. Some people mm -hmm. I would actually run into that were doing intermittent fasting and we would actually ask them, let's say, okay, let's go grab lunch, for example. Oh, no, I cannot eat because I cannot break my fasting window that ends at one o'clock. One hour is not going to make a difference. Uh, and I think many people yeah. create this like intense rule book of guideline and say, no, sorry. So you stop doing social things because you're in your fasting window. And it makes sense if it's at 7 a.m. and you're trying to respect that. But right. do not be so extreme that you stop living your life. Right. Because you're just trying to do that. So, so those important. are like some of the most important tips and yeah. staying hydrated. That would be the most important bonus because many people that experience that headache and and sometimes mm. like that, like mood or, or stuff happens because their hydration levels is not very high. And we need to make sure that we're consuming enough fluids on a daily basis. And when you're really cutting a lot of that stuff out in the morning, like yeah. you can have imbalances in your fluids. And that's what why is a good when it comes to hydration during intermittent fasting or any time, is it the same? What, what do you recommend? 
I always focus on, because many people ask me, what can I do when I'm fasting, right? If I'm actually doing an intermittent fasting process, like, can I drink anything? Can I drink coffee? Can I have mm. tea? Mm-hmm. So Tell me that. Yeah. I would always say that fasting, true fasting is nothing. But I always say that the, the modified fasting, which is still like, you know, the, the kind of the terminology I like to use is nothing that is caloric. Water, it's non-caloric. Mm. Coffee, it's non-caloric. Or like it's trivial, not even something. Tea is non-caloric. So these are all things that can, you can probably consume in fasting windows if you choose to do this. But depending, back to your question about how much fluids I need to be consuming, I always say to most people that there's two ways to really like monitor and understand your hydration levels. Obviously, one is using numbers. I always say, take your actual body weight and divide it by two. So half of your body weight, that is probably your minimum amount of water you consume daily. So even for example, I weigh 175 pounds. So half of my weight is going to be closer to let's just say 90 ounces. So that's what I'm trying to aim for on a daily basis. Hydration changes depending on the season. It also changes depending on how active you are, maybe you're a heavy sweater or not. So that's a good place to start. But the Mm. second way that you can actually use to monitor hydration levels is every single time you go to the bathroom to pee, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can look at the color of your urine and that's going to give you a really good snapshot on what it is. I always like tell, I used to tell kids all the time this and I tell them to adults because it's a good way to remember it. Light like lemonade, not dark like apple juice, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a really good way to create sort of like a spectrum. So you want to make sure that it's like light to almost like not fully clear because it's watered down. Yeah. And that's important to remember, Mm -hmm. but you don't want it to be also like extremely dark or very yellow, which is maybe how what you see in the morning when you're waking up, don't freak Mm -hmm. out. You just need to get your hydration levels up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good visual representation or where your hydration levels are. And it's a good cue for you to say, okay, I need to go and drink some water. I remember when I was actually in like teaching athletes at the beginning of my career, and I would literally create this little hydration urine charts and I put Mm -hmm. them in the stalls. And everybody would look at it every day. Oh my gosh. And they're like, great. oh, look, like they would look down, they would look. I was like, okay, I need to go to number one right here. So I need to be drinking a little bit more water. Wow. So that's a really, really good, helpful tip. And does it matter how you space that water out? I mean, can you chug, you know, half of that water at <laughs> night? Like, You'll be up all night. Good, but is that, it important that you do that throughout the day? Yes. It's very important because I think a lot of times, again, happens to many of us who have jobs and kids and mm-hmm. families and stuff. We yeah. we don't focus too much on staying properly hydrated. And then at night, we're like, we're trying to catch up. Oh, my yeah. God. I, I only consume yeah. like one cup of water. So I need to try to make up for it. The problem with that is you consume way too much fluids. And guess what happens overnight? You're going to be going to the bathroom often. So that yeah. affects your sleep quality which also can have an impact on everything else that you're trying to accomplish from whether yeah. it's health or weight loss. So what do I recommend? Like, just like you, you have, you, you mentioned before the podcast, let me go get some water. I have a water bottle in front of me, have it ever present, have it in front of you all the time. Like it's crazy because I created a habit where I bring this bottle the other day, we went to a wedding and I was, I, I didn't carry my water bottle in the wedding, but I brought it in the car with me because I'm used, so used to grabbing it, to have it in front of me mm-hmm. and I was filled up so I can always like start sipping on it. So I That's always the recommend only to do that. way for the yeah, only, only way, way that I consume enough is if I have it with me. And then sometimes I go to school where I teach and I don't have it. And then I'm like, Oh, I ruined my water for the day. Like I have to have it. I'm notorious for not drinking enough water. So me I have too. to bring it with me. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you as we, as we kind of wrap up, does it matter the quality 
of the water <laughs> because I hear so much about the pH balance or alkaline water or, you know, does it, I mean, I know most importantly, you're just getting it, but is there better water? That's a, that's a, yeah, a good question too. But I think what we really need to be focusing more than the quality of the water is, are you drinking enough? So that's the first tier. Okay. So if you are not drinking enough, then worrying about the type of water probably would not be the top of order of priorities because at the end, what is water? Now, of course, there's filtered water. There's like Kagan water. There's like, you know, higher pH water. Mm. To be honest, like I'm a very research-based dietitian and I always go based on what the science says and the consensus. And to this point, I haven't seen anything that tells me that, for example, a higher pH water is going to make a, a difference in your health that is significant or even present compared to just mm. drinking a water that doesn't have a pH adjusted. Why? Because your body is naturally is gifted to control its pH levels and keep it in a very, very tight level, you know, specifically to water. There's obviously a lot of controversy around like the foods that you consume and more acidic and more like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, basic type of type of things. But in general for water, I honestly, to this point, have not noticed a difference. And of course, everybody's different when it comes down to drinking tap water because maybe mm -hmm. it's like highly heavily mineralized and then just more of like a taste thing. So I always like recommend, you know, drinking filter water or just simply drinking water that is, you know, coming from like, you know, any, I do recommend obviously consuming from containers that are glass, not necessarily plastic, even like BPA free stuff, simply because of the fact that it's trying to eliminate any type of leaching of, you know, metals mm -hmm. or different things like that into the water. So that's one recommendation I would give. But in general, just focus first on consuming enough. And then you're like, okay, you're really good. You develop a really good habit around hydration. So then maybe you can switch over into thinking, okay, like is the quality of my water good enough right now? And then that's sort of like the order that I would suggest. Yeah, such great advice. Well, I appreciate you educating us on intermittent fasting so that if something someone wants to try, they know where to start. But I also want to give people a chance to follow you and your program. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So we teach just like what we're talking about right now. We, we teach people how to create sustainable changes through nutrition. And mostly we help women who are just sick and tired of like a lot of like the, the diet, the chronic dieting, right? Like all the information that they get bombarded mm -hmm. with in fasting, ketogenic, all those different things. And we try to help them create a sustainable process for not only for weight loss, for but for health and, and energy and all those different things like that. We have a really cool program called the Nutrition Blueprint Method, which over the course of six months, we're helping people completely transform that process, completely change your chip in their brain around dieting and build a lifestyle in a mindset that really is something that allows them to last so they can just live their lives different and also for their families. So one of the cool things that we have right now as we kind of coming out to the close of the of 2022 and beginning of 2023 is like we actually offer a complimentary like chat on the phone where we can learn about you and see if it's actually a good fit to be able to help you in the process. So that's one. And you can probably put those like links in the show notes. And then also we have an Instagram account and you're going to see me on Instagram kind of sharing stories like this talking about hydration, fasting and things like this. Mm -hmm. And you'll see me dancing on TikTok, actually doing some fun stuff on there. You can find me at Andres Ayesta or Andres the Dietitian in any of those platforms. And that would be a good place for me to connect. You can also send me a message and, and we can connect in there as well. Well, thanks for what you do, keeping us educated and healthy. And I just appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Natalie, for having me on. Thank you for joining the Natalie Tisdall podcast. You can follow along on Instagram and at natalietisdall.com. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. 
see you next week. 